0: Matt, we're, we're back from vacation, and you know, on vacation I did a little traveling, but you kind of brought up something I think is important that we need to talk about. We need to talk about airplane mode on airplanes. I think this is a, a very controversial topic, and I ran into a unique situation I want your advice on. So okay. I was traveling uh, here domestically in the United States uh, on Southwest, right, with the whole family. So my son, of course, fully uh, he's got all the gadgets, right? He's got the iPad, he's got everything, and he's a good traveler. But we get on the plane. So if you're not familiar with Southwest Airlines, it's kind of an American discount airlines. And, of course, as many people know, you have to bring your own device to, like, watch movies and stuff, which is yeah. fine. It's a very nice system, right? Bring your own device. And then, of course, uh, the plane takes off. You hook up to uh, the Wi-Fi, and you can watch free movies, you know. Yeah, at least chat, they have it, right? Everything, yeah. right? So it's good. So so we get going, though. And my son has you know, got his, uh, his, his headphones on. He's watching stuff. And I notice he's, he's not using the wi-fi i was like hey you know you can you can watch movies or some kid movies here right if you're if you're bored and he looks over and he said he says dad th- i have to be in airplane mode because of course <laughs> they come on right at the beginning of yeah, the yeah. uh things they turn on airplane and he's to his credit he's he's very much <laughs> a literal rule follower right eight year eight year old right he just oh yeah he follows yeah, yeah. the rules if, they, if if someone of authority says you don't do this he accepts it. He does not, you know, uh, question yep. this authority, So, which is I am fine with this. This is good behavior. I am not. This is not something I am mad you're about.
1: Like, no, no. It's like I want you to think for yourself <laughs> except when, you know, you're on an airplane or it's me. Yeah.
0: So oh. so. But then I looked at my iPad. And I was like, so I looked over and I'm like, OK, so this is the way it works on the iPhone. There is a button, uh, which, you know, not surprisingly is shaped like an airplane the icon and you hit it. And what it does is it turns off. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and your cellular connection. But yep. I think it's probably everybody on this podcast knows. Airplane mode, what they really mean is turn off your cellular radio. That's really what it means. Because in the iPhone, if you, turn on, if you hit the airplane, it turns all of those things off. But yep. why that button is pressed, you can also actually just press the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth buttons yes. again, and it will reactivate them. The only button you cannot then press is the radius. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, so, you know, I know all this, but I'm just like, I just, you know, again, like he's kind of already occupied doing stuff and I just want to make sure he's, he can get on there. So I just tell him like, don't worry about it. Just turn off airplane, mode. I'm not going to try to, I was like, I don't want to sit there and try to explain. Well, actually it's just that. So, so I think airplane mode, I think there are only two ways for it, right? One way is. Uh, we just need to get rid of this altogether. We need to accept that like people are going to leave their cellular radios on airplanes and and hope that the airplanes will not crash because of that, or like yeah. the entire airplane mode needs to be rethought the the uh, The entire industry has to come up with like exactly what radios like and it can 't be different like different airlines have different policies This' is not yeah. going to work. There needs to be one policy that says like when someone says airplane mode. Android and iPhone need to have one button you press, and it needs to do the right thing by only turning off whatever thing that they specify. Uh, yeah. So, so where do you stand on this issue?
1: Well, well, it, it's complicated, right? Because what they want is when they hit that button, yeah, obviously they want the cellular stuff dropped, and and we could go off on a tangent about whether or not that's BS or not. But um, they they want the the airlines they actually wanted to turn off the Wi-Fi. Cause that way they don't have to like look and like, oh, oh, you're using Wi-Fi and you're using cellular. You know, they just want people to turn that shit off. And, and I was on, I don't remember what airline it was. Uh, and they, they wanted people to put away all their devices during the announcements, you know, during uh-huh. the, okay. the, right. And, right. And like no, like I'm,
0: meeting, I'm, like no cell phone yeah. rule meeting. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and I was asleep or dozing you know, <laughs> off. I had my, my phone I had my earphones in. I was you know probably listening to a you know dulcet tones of some uh, podcast falling asleep or something, and my my fifteen year old yanks my earbuds out of my ears and he's like, You gotta pay attention oh. and I'm like I'm like oh, you know, I'm like pretty pissed I'm like, I flew two hundred thousand miles last year. <laughs> I, I think I know what happens on a plane. I'm
0: familiar right? <laughs> with the exit procedure,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was just like, and he's like, they said you had to take out your earbuds, and I was like they come over here and pull them out of my ears.
0: <laughs> wow! Wow! 15 yeah. years old—that's in itself interesting. Like, is, is that—is yeah. was he doing it? Because I could see this just to be annoying, just to like mess no, with your dad. No. He, or was he, he like, no, no? This—he's a rule follower. He's still in that kind of rule uh, he, follower.
1: He, he thinks that you know he's big into rule following. The other day, um, my 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 two youngest uh, were watching um, the Simpsons movie, uh, which they'd already seen. And apparently it's PG-13 in the U.S. Um, and, you know, they're both under 13. And my son was like, you could go to jail for that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, yeah, yeah, no. that's, no, that's you not can. how that works. <laughs> but uh, he, he's he's a stickler for rules. Um, and, and it's funny, you know, in uh, and, and, and some ways. Um, the, the way different children will, will – attach themselves to, like, how close to the letter of the law they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, and I'm like, yeah, those are there for, you know. I know Guidelines. Guidelines, yeah, <laughs> the lines, right? So coming back around to the technical side of things, I'm fine with airplane mode turning everything off. You know, okay, but, I- like,
0: just to go back, in the Southwest Airlines specific example, oh, I know, I know. there is no way to access the entertainment system other than using Wi-Fi. And well, uh, they let the Wi-Fi on Southwest is is from what i can tell always on during the flight like so it's there you know because that would be the other thing it's like we'll turn off the wi-fi when either at the gate or when you're because uh, it's but it's always yeah. it's always working so it's not even clear uh you know because there's the whole like put your device away or like your larger devices during takeoff but of course like whatever i mean ipads and and phones right they're out like 100 percent at least in my yeah. in my world so um so I just thought it was like, you know, Southwest Airlines has kind of like driven us into this uh this weird place where it's like, Well, you said turn on airplane mode, but you actually providing uh, entertainment via Wi Fi. So we're just gonna so I think most people um like I was gonna ask my wife afterward and I didn't, like I don't think she would even know well, the three different know that. buttons.
1: Yeah, you're in airplane, but you can hit the Wi-Fi button. It'll turn back on, right? I know, but it's two steps. I think I think that
0: most people yeah. just go with like I'm not gonna because I think this is if there's I I'm trying to think of a rule probably more often ignored than this. Like I like when they say everyone put your phone in an airplane. I don't see everyone grabbing their phone and and switching it off. I'm like I would assume seventy or eighty percent of the phones are just in normal mode the entire flight. Right. I well, mean,
1: like... and, 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 and your phone's not in airplane mode, and you turn on your Wi Fi and you see like eight other hotspots on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and you're at 40,000 feet, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so my, my, my airplane mode hack uh, this week is uh, uh, my Australian telco um, charges a lot for international roaming. Uh-huh. And so I'm in the hotel uh, with uh, the hotel wireless, and so my phone this week, when I'm inside the building, I'm keeping it in airplane mode with the Wi-Fi turned on. Um, yes. Because you know, yes. I, I hit those dead spots, and my phone's like, you know what, you need uh, podcasts. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that'll be like, that's thirty dollars, please. Um. So yeah, I'm 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 going around with my phone in airplane mode, but the Wi-Fi on, uh, you know, the Bluetooth on. Uh, when i need it yeah no that is
0: a great hack right that's a good inter like international traveling or weird data constraints you just like you turn off the radio and it's just like and then you say to yourself like i'm not even sure i need the phone part you know there's a part that goes by you're like i actually don't make phone calls that much i could probably just go data
1: my my wife leaves her phone on uh do not disturb all (laughs) the time (laughs) she's like if I wanted to talk to somebody, I turn it on. I, and so, you know, I'll be calling her and I get sent to voicemail. So I email her. Right. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Oh, jeez, But yeah, that is so, awesome. That, that my so, yeah, wife so, does
0: that by just not taking her phone and then I can't call her. Then I'm like, but why do we have the phones? If, and she said, well, I'm just, I'm not available. I'm like, well, all right. I don't, I don't live that way. So <laughs> I think that I have often thought there could be marriage therapy just for cell phones. Just for uh-huh. mobile phones, like, you know, working out I, issues uh, between uh, couples about mobile phone usage. It's a, well, it's a cottage industry.
1: Yeah. So, so my strategy is um, give her whatever she wants and try to not touch her stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so. And so she's like, I need a new phone. I'm like, all right, go buy one. <laughs> and she's like, hey, well, what do you have? I'm like, you don't want what I have. Um, yeah, I was like. You know, meanwhile I'm like researching. You know, you know, burn your own Android OSes.
0: <laughs> I think you no, know, you hit on another. That's a cool. That's an interesting topic because I have evolved that way as well. It's like there's this point where like maybe maybe we're just like we just live through it, but like you kind of get married and you know, obviously you have a lot of knowledge around the technicals, so you really try to help your spouse like getting the latest stuff. You know, the stuff that you think is good, making sure that the, and then. But then it's like they don't really want it, right? And and it is, and then of course you've made it a little too complicated, right? And it's just like uh, like my wife is, you know, we got our Mac a long time ago, and I was like, oh, this thing's great, it's MacBook Air, and she's like, you know, the day she's like, I just, she's like, I really just want a Windows machine. I was like, you know, and I finally come around to like, yeah, I think that's right, like just. Just go pick one out. like and, and But then I want to, like, step away from it. Like, I don't want to be involved at all, right? I'm just, yeah. And it's just like you're kind of like over time you get further and further away. So you're almost like living two different lives. It's almost like I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything about technology. Just right, do what right, you right.
1: want. Well, that that's uh, the tweet that's pinned to my, my, my profile uh, was, was someone as – was like one of my – relatives saying, oh, you know, you work with computers, you know, can you help me with my computer? And I was like, only if you got like a thousand of them.
0: <laughs> That's right. Well, but I did. I did over the break. I uh, I one way around this because I was around a lot of family. And as I promoted my son to level one support, I was like, you're now level one tech support, right? Because again, as we discussed, he's very much a rule follower. So level, as we all know, level one tech support is this, whatever you have power it all the way down, wait a few seconds Powered up again right like that's always like so he is adept at this so like people come over i'm like you got to go see my son go through the process <laughs> and, 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 and he's
1: like you, you haven't applied all these service packs come on <laughs> come on people your backups you're 2fa i mean that that's my eight year old and my 15 year old they're like or my nine year old they're good. like well, how come you haven't turned on 2fa and i'm like you don't need 2fa on your ipad because it goes to me
0: yes yes well i think it is it is funny like i think uh young children are like the perfect level one tech supports because they are basically little run books like you tell them right you say like this is what you're going to do and here's the thing and if it doesn't work and when it doesn't work because this is what you say like you do exactly this and when none of these things has worked then you escalate then you come find me and it's perfect because like they, I mean, just like robotic machines, i dad, I did everything. I powered it off, I powered it on, I plugged it in, I plugged it out, and we went through this, and it didn't work and it's like okay, well, then you know what i it's time for me to get involved
1: they, they also make great q a because um what what you need to do is uh, slap on the parental controls and they'll find how they don't work <laughs> yes. so so dig this, dig this my my uh, my youngest figured out that if he uninstalls applications and reinstalls them they they escape parental controls. <sighs>
0: Nice. This is uh, and this is the Android. Uh, uh, which no, no, no. is, this is it on the iPad.
1: Oh, it was on nice. the I- iPad, and 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 I was like, you know, And then, of course, then he complains, to me. he's like, you know, my my game lost all my history. And, and he's <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, oh, I'd been playing this game for months, and I, you know, I leveled up all this stuff, and I was like, well, well yeah. yeah. Why yeah. why did this happen? And he's like, because I uninstalled it. I'm like, well, why did you uninstall it? It's like, so, oh, like, a parental controls. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Well, that's no, because it's funny. It leaves you like because the parental controls back to like uh, you know traveling. It's again a double sided uh, uh, sword there because it's again in the same trip as we were preparing to fly on Southwest. uh, The my son has an iPad. We're on the oh in the airport lounge, kind of just hanging out, right? And then they come across and say. Hey, you know, uh, make sure to have the Southwest app. You're gonna need it to, uh, you know, get the media right or watch the entertainment system. And so, to my son's credit, he immediately he hears it like through his somehow he can't hear anything when I talk to him, <laughs> but somehow through his ear earphones he hears this and immediately grabs his iPad, goes to the App Store, finds the thing, and is like frantically because now we're like at the mercy of airport Wi-Fi, so you just don't know like how large right. it is. And so he is frantically trying to get it, which again I'm 100 percent approval, but of course. Of course, that approval then needs to kick to me to my phone right. and so then as soon as he has requested it he's like on me like you got to approve this because it's you know the flight and i'm so i'm waiting for apple and of course like and that, and you're that notification like i'm
1: at, on board for 45 yeah minutes. <laughs> i was like but it, well also
0: too it's just the notification because if there's one thing that needs to be you we talk about performance on this show the performance of the time that a child requests an app to when it's available to be approved on your phone needs to be sub millisecond, right? Like that is something (laughs) we need a thousand engineers at Apple working on optimizing this and the carriers because every parent knows like any delay, Right. It's just like what are you gonna get? You're getting multiple notifications. If you're not there, you're getting a text message. Or you're getting yeah. the like, Dad, I just sent you an app request. Why have you not approved it? And you're like you're like looking at your phone, like I haven't seen it yet. Like, what is it? What's going on? And so so uh Apple that that to me may be the most important uh problem facing society today. How long it takes to improve <laughs> at least,
1: apps. At least if you're under thirteen, right? <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: because well, then it, then you're like you're kinda of back to like, oh, I don't know, these parental controls, I'm not sure it's worth it. I don't know.
1: So, yeah yeah well and, and 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 my youngest is constantly like stealing the passwords so you know we we just need to set up like rotating passwords on the on, the, on cuz i mean he he gets things off like reflections off windows. I mean, the dude is yeah.
0: Well, I find that too. Passcodes, <sighs> like you gotta have like when you're typing in just a numeric passcode, you gotta have your child literally turn around or go to a different room. Because I mean it's yeah. almost as if them just seeing you, even if they're even if you're holding it, just the movement of your hand is enough for
1: them to and, uh, and, yeah. But but the good thing is, you know, if I if I if I teach him right, he'll at least be a white hat hacker, That's right? Because so <laughs> I told my wife, she's like, he caught the password again, so I changed it to this. I was like, he's gonna get that. That was the password three <laughs> passwords ago. He'll try that. That's right. He, you know, he's unstoppable. That's a dictionary
0: you know? word. What are you doing? <laughs> well, I do think this is a I tip mean, uh, for all the uh, I guess second grade teachers and uh, out there. Like, if you take the the spelling word list for the week and you renamed it app password list of the week's week right and you sent it home i believe the children would study it 10 times harder like these are the upcoming uh, passwords that you're going to need to know to get into various games i think yes. uh like i think the ability to study that would be phenomenal right because i think these kids these children like you know your children can spell when they can memorize alphanumeric passwords with 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 uh, all, like a photographic memory type of uh, ability
1: yeah yeah my my eight-year-old or he's nine now i keep saying eight um stealing you know my wife and my logins um he he has uh he figured out that because i've given him access to the kindle store to download books from kindle limited he could go into my account and see what was in my private uh shopping list oh nice he, fucking, he ruined his christmas yeah. <laughs> that's great that's fantastic <laughs> And and he is the, the the second grader who at their school they were all supposed to get e- you know school email accounts in fourth grade and uh-huh. he's the one who figured out how it worked and gave <laughs> it to all the second graders. I love it. He has like an army now, an
0: army, an uprising in second grade. We we shall have email. It yeah. will work.
1: And, and, and he did this from like you know a parental control lockdown iPad and a parental control lockdown you know MacBook. Uh, it's like. He just uh, What you?
0: I love it. I love it. Does he just stand by it? Like what else you guys got? Anything else? <laughs> Anything else you want me to take down while I'm here?
1: I mean, yeah. He he has a bright future as long as he stays on the right side of the law. <laughs> right.
0: Well, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I like it. It sounds like we all had a good vacation. It sounds like we um uh, survived our children, you know, uh defeating our, our the various computer things put uh in their way. But Christmas also came. I would say there's a little extra Christmas present for everyone. Did you see some news here, Matt, that uh, GitHub is making all private repos free, I guess, for up to three users. So what do you think of this? Good, bad, Uh, no opinion?
1: I mean, I'm actually uh, excited about this. I I had had to get myself a GitHub private account because I was holding on to like two or three private repos. And then I went and I had actually opened a Bitbucket account at some point uh, for that express purpose. Right. I, you know, you, you do a little bit of dev of your own and you're not ready to share it. And you're like, I'm just going to keep this private. Um, and so I had a Bitbucket account and then I, you know, luckily for me, I, I control, well, I, I have a lot of GitHub organizations that I belong to. And so I had kind <laughs> of stashed some private projects and paid accounts. Right. That perhaps an employer paid for. <laughs> um, but you know, there. are I had actually gone to a private and paying, and then uh, I undid that uh, maybe six months ago, you know, because I was like, why am I paying eight bucks a month, you know? So I, I noticed that uh, as soon as I saw that announcement, I went to my account and I was like, oh, GitHub says I can have free free stuff now. So I, I actually, uh, the stuff I had in Bitbucket had just been rotting there. So, um, which is exactly what's going to happen, right? Um, all the people, you know, it's not, it's probably not a huge number of people going to Bitbucket and GitLab for free private personal repos, but I'm exactly the kind of person who did that. And, and so, uh, that's what they just did yeah. right there. They're going after like, you know, and, 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 you know, for them to get eight bucks a month out of me, is not a big deal, but it just reinforced their data gravity. Right. I, you know, Bit. Git is uh, distributed, but everyone puts their stuff in one place.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, you
1: know, and, and so now uh thanks to uh, Microsoft's Largess and uh I'm even more GitHub than before.
0: Yeah, no, this I saw this and I I mean hundred percent agree. I think this is just a huge win. And I, I actually want to go as far as to say that they're gonna make more money this way because I think to your point, like if you were someone that wanted one you are smart enough to go use one of the other alternatives so you're not you know you weren't going to pay anyway so it wasn't any like lost revenue and two it's like hey just you know just like anything else driving adoption like why should just you said data gravity like why would you ever leave github right now and i thought three um at least what i saw was like three users or less, right, can, can uh, share. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like, that's about – the one at <laughs> one. Yeah. And, well, I think because it, it takes care of, like, all the people that just need one. And really – and I do think if you're – it's a good number because, like, three is a great number. It's like you can build something. Like, you know, three people can build, obviously, something that's fairly sophisticated, right? But if you get bigger than that, like, the $7 probably doesn't matter. Like, you're working on something that is clearly worth – you know, at least yeah. someone poning
1: up that kind of money, yeah, right? But, but, and, but Between the four of you, you can Venmo <laughs> each other, you know, a buck, buck yeah, 85. I mean, it's just, hey. you know, it
0: just sort of like, yeah, you're doing something substantial at that point, something that's either valuable to you personally or valuable because you're trying to build like some startup or some company. So I, I don't know. I didn't, it's, I guess it's, I guess if anything, I guess we could just criticize it. Like, what took you so long? But clearly, if you were GitHub, maybe that was a, a reasonable revenue stream that you just didn't want to let go, yeah. but Microsoft kind of rip as we always like to talk about in the podcast, like just, you know, uh, removes the strategy text. Like guys, don't worry about that. Like well, we're, uh, we're playing for billions, not this yeah. like $400,000 that you're trying to and, get from these people.
1: And, and, and this isn't new, but I, I was helping a, a customer, um, you know, get start using Git. Um, and, and they wanted to run on-prem GitHub enterprise and but the, you know they wanted to run it on azure and and so you know I started digging into it and and this is another brilliant thing is github you can have hosted github enterprise for the same price of installing it yourself and i'm like you know i went to the customers like you know whatever dumb reason they had to not want to use github public you know dot mm-hmm. com from azure um i was like these guys will manage it on azure for you for the same price yeah and i'm like why not you right? know, Everything needs to be a cloud service at this point. You know, anything you pick up becomes more—it's just a, a, a tax on your, you know, operations groups of you know something to maintain. And and sorry guys, di- you know, distributed version control is not something you need to maintain at this point. Um, so you know, I, I you know, kudos to the the GitHub folks. It's just one less thing to you know. One less reason to go anywhere else, I guess. It's a new um, world,
0: man. It's a new Microsoft. They're giving us some GitHub. Everybody's happy, you know. Everyone, and also too, I think, uh, just on a personal note, I, I would say it's sort of like uh, now you can, uh, like, when your friends come over and you just close the bedroom door, like rather than cleaning it up, it's like, yeah, just don't go in there. I feel like that's kind of what happened with these private repos. Now it's like everybody's <laughs> got some, <laughs> some like you're like, well. I should probably store it somewhere else, but I don't want anyone to ever see this, you know, cause this is like bad. Like this is a personal project. This is like a, a hello world thing. You're like trying yeah. to learn something on, but you're like, I may need this again. And you, and so now you can like, if you will uh, close the door, you can be like, you don't yeah. need to see my, uh, my hello world. Uh, and all the bad code or bad mistakes I've uh, in, in the history as you like, Oh, Oh, I forgot to do this. Oh, I forgot to do this. So it's, it's kind of nice. It's just nice to tidy up your space, if you will.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't think I don't think a lot of developers are still in the mindset of being ready to do everything as open source. And and, and when I say that, I mean, like, people still think that they're going to be judged for their mistakes and that someone actually cares enough to read your git commit history. Of you know, like the time, you know, the nine things that go into the the pull request before you know, you're like I'm trying it out. You know, the commit message is like trying it out. <laughs> Did it oh, work? Oh, oh this you sucks. Know, didn't work. Like, you know, you know and then, uh, the, I mean, you know, so so, I just kind of assume that you know people are not going to to read through things with a fine tooth comb, and uh, you know, you just gotta let go a little bit. It's much better to uh to share. You know, to to share your efforts and let you know yeah. maybe people stumble sure. across them because you know nobody's gonna go and back. Matt Ray's and Matt
0: house, all the doors are up and all the rooms. So you can just walk <laughs> around. If there's a mess in the bedroom, there's a mess. It's like, guys, this is this is reality. This is how I live. Well, don't, well, don't judge right, me.
1: Right. But but then but then you can be like you know go all uh, Marie Kondo on it and, and, and you know you're like well. There are some messes, and so what we're going to do is we're just going to throw those messes out. So, so probably I need to have like a GitHub, you know, Matt Ray Boneyard, uh, where I just throw the projects that I don't want any, you know, because I I have a bunch of archived. uh, You can you can archive stuff and say like this this is here for historical reasons, you know. So, because I think I've got like you know three (laughs) hundred things in GitHub um you know and i went through a while ago and i was like you know stop you know delete 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 and you know periodically i go through and clean up and and that's what i did about you know six months ago because i was i had some you know open stack private repos and you know a little side company that you know has been defunct for a few years and it's just like you need to just live for today
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know It's, it's funny you say that but i do feel like source code is like uh to sometimes it's like it's like cables it's like the box of cables that i have downstairs um where Mm -hmm. it's like you know i don't really need these anymore yeah but there's uh, always in the back of my just kind of like sort of like i i will never use this thing that i wrote or i got somewhere but i'm like but but then you think for a minute you're like i don't know like maybe someone show up with like an s video uh cd player that i've got to like turn in and then i and then it's got like and it needs like a nokia phone adapter it's like I, I should just have it, like, just in case, right? That's kind of like the GitHub repo. It's like, I don't know. Maybe this uh, Java code I wrote 15 years ago that uh, won't really work at all. It's like I may need to refer back to this method to figure out how I, I, I did that.
1: So, so uh, well, two things. First, just move out of the country and leave all your stuff behind. <laughs> It's refreshing. It, it is refreshing. And then, oh my like my my current strategy is is I did like a recent, you know, still I'm accumulating chords. You know, I've been in Australia for you know two and a half some years, and I I have a two box strategy. One box is like the hot box where like things yeah. are going. You yeah. Use them every now and then, and then you know periodically you put things in the cold box, and then like you go to the cold box and like, you know that that S video to uh, YGA chord has been there for. For and it's been in the cold box. It's time to let it go. <laughs> it's time to let it go.
0: Right? Yeah, maybe that's yeah. it's right. I need. I yeah. I need. I need an intervention on the cords. I mean, I must have like six hundred RCA cables. I don't know why. Like, I'm just like yeah. C- As like I don't know. Like may- maybe like Metallica shows up and they want to like you know play in the backyard. Like we got cables for them. Like you know, it's just like I don't even know what I would do with them all. Like it's just. Uh, but I can't let it go. My wife was asking. I, I was I, like, yeah, I should let him go, but I'm I'm not. I'm not letting him go.
1: I, I stopped carrying around a a, uh, uh, a DVI. C- yeah, DVI cable. Oh, I've really? been carrying that in my laptop bag. So you're you just you com- just
0: HDMI or nothing at this or USB C-
1: VGA? Uh, okay, yeah, VGA. All I, right. Which is sad, right? Cuz there's like, you know, two or three, you know, generations of K- of better than VGA things in there before they got to to uh, HDMI. And yeah, so I my my carry case now has VGA and uh you know, HDMI. HDMI, VGA.
0: Oh, it is funny. It's like it's it is the most reliable of everything. It's like when in doubt, it's going to have VGA. Like if it doesn't and, have and, HDMI, VGA is probably your next best option.
1: Yeah, and and I have a uh, you know a, a USB squid adapter that you know for for other people, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you know every single time I go on a trip with my family, I'm like you know they're forgetting their Thunderbolt connections for their iPhones and iPads, and I'm like I don't even have those devices, and I'm I'm responsible yeah. for charging
0: yeah well that's <sighs> just that's saving yourself i've been back to dad mode it's like i can either yeah. teach them a lesson and let them not have the devices that that are basically have no power causing sure. me immense pain when i'm traveling or i can carry this and just like have make sure everyone has power
1: and, and, and dad mode extends to the workplace because you know i I'm, I'm here in seattle for uh, chef's uh, you know big annual kickoff coming from australia and so I bring more U.S. Apple adapters for the little – because I you know, I bring extras, yeah. You know, and because I'm like, you know what? My EMEA and, and Australian and Singaporean coworkers, someone's going to forget. Dad mode wins. Dad
0: mode wins. Dad mode always <laughs> wins. Well, let me tell you, Matt. You know, not only is your dad mode, but sometimes, Matt, your application, it needs a little bit of uh, love and care. And, you know, there's a – a specific uh tool that we like to recommend here that's Software a defined talk that you should use so i want you everyone to know that this episode is sponsored by solar winds and one of their devops tools app optics nobody likes a trade-off so why trade-off when you can have it all developers are having to choose between monitoring everything and staying in their budget the result major gaps in their monitoring well app optics is monitoring that you can afford to run everywhere Pricing is based on host hours not maximum count or high water mark. With App Optics, you can catch performance issues before your customers do. Find the root cause of any application or server issue in real time. App Optics lets developers and operations spend less time troubleshooting and more time doing what they love, delighting users. It's a SaaS-based, easy to manage, and budget-friendly. Learn more and try it for free for 14 days. You can go to appoptics dot com slash sdt again that's a p p o p t i c s dot com slash sdt so want everyone to go sign up give it a great trial and of course tell them your friends at software defined talk sent you and matt if i had yeah. some have had some extra time after this podcast like what do you think someone should do you got any ideas of, of how they could fill some time
1: uh well there are uh, definitely a lot of good podcasts out there um I've got, uh, I've got a recommendation for our, our friends over at, Sol- at uh, Arrested DevOps. Um, if, if you are a software-defined talk listener, you know we listen to a lot of other podcasts, a lot of other tech podcasts, and uh, uh, we'd like to recommend another great tech podcast, Arrested DevOps. The Arrested DevOps podcast will help you achieve understanding, develop good practices, and operate your team and organization for maximum DevOps awesomeness. It's hosted by our friends uh, Matt Stratton. Trevor Hess, and Bridget Cromot. Uh, and all of them, they're all very active in the DevOps community. They, they're organizers for DevOps Days. Uh, we've had, you know gotten to work with some of them. Great folks, great podcast. Uh, and so what are you waiting for? Go subscribe today by searching for Arrested DevOps in your favorite podcast app or visiting ArrestedDevOps.com.
0: Fantastic, and we of course appreciate the sponsor. So, Matt, you mentioned it kind of right before the break there, and you said that you know you're over in Seattle, uh, yeah. at doing the the company kickoff, and there was a little news, a little breaking news uh, at a little that maybe you can news. can you share with us all like what's happening at uh, Chef HQ up there?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, we yeah, well, um, we 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 just had our best quarter ever. That's that's the big news, right?
0: Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, That's good No, over. no, no. Uh
1: I, the news you're referring to, there was a, a GeekWire article. Um and, and GeekWire is like a, a Seattle-based tech media, so obviously, you know, Chef is uh we we know those folks because they're Seattle-based. Um they they got to uh to announce uh that our uh CTO and and co-founder Adam Jacob uh is uh retiring from active duty. Uh so he uh he's been working on uh on, uh, you know, consulting and starting a company and being, you know, the, the, the road warrior for 13 years now. And, uh, he's decided, uh, he wants to take a break, uh, raise his kids, um, spend more time at home. And, and so, uh, you know, I know it's, it's kind of cliche, you know, people are like, Oh, you know, stepping away to, to spend some time with the family and, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. But you know that's, that's exactly what he said. And, and, you know, People are like, well, what, you know, what do you have planned next? It's like nothing, right? He's planning on going on, you know, staying home for you know a couple months, and uh, you know, uh, probably, probably you've seen he's been doing a lot of writing about open source. Uh, he's going to be still very actively involved, and in, and in, and this wasn't in the GeekWire article, which was weird. They cut it out. Uh, he's still going to be, you know, a benevolent dictator for life, or whatever you know you want to call it. Very active in Chef and, and Habitat. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, he's, he's just, you know, the, the field CTO role is a lot of travel and, uh, I can, I can empathize,
0: empathize. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to, uh, to turn in, uh, the airline miles for a little bit. Well, it's always funny when these things come out because there is a natural, uh, cynicism that like, I think all of us have. It's yeah, like, uh, I'm going to yeah. spend time, but it's, it's always funny. Like sometimes like it's, it's just funny. Like I remind myself of this all the time. It's like, you know, it can be, they're just telling you the truth. You know, it's like, like, like even if even if it's really boring, <laughs> it's just like it's like no, he he legitimately is just going to spend time with his field. Yeah, it's and, as crazy and, as that sounds.
1: Yeah, and and so he gave a, a very you know heartfelt uh, uh, you know going away speech to the company, and and he said you know um, he wanted to preempt burnout. Right, this was like you, you know you kind of you start to feel like you you don't get the same rush from, you know, helping customers or, you know, talking about, you know, you know, continuous delivery for the thousandth time. You you get a little burned out on some of it. And he said, you know, I don't, you know, and, you know, like I was, I was, you know, joking, but the company had like the best quarter ever, every, you know, all the metrics are, you know, up and to the right, everything's great, you know, and that's why the CEO had to, you know, pipe in and say that. But every so he's like, well, you don't want to leave when things are bad, right? You cuz then people are like, you know, rats abandoning a ship and and you know And they oh,
0: usually are making you leave then, right? They're like, yeah, you need to exactly. go. You, you exactly. have to leave now.
1: So. And and like he's joining the board, which doesn't usually happen, right? Yeah. Usually it's like you get kicked off the board.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: you're going to go spend time with your family and like no, he's going to, you know, uh just stepping away from, you know, traveling for chef. Um which was a lot of his job, right? Was you know, right. call You know, call in, call in Adam when you know you need right. to close the deal and, and convince you know some IT shop in the Midwest that uh, you know infrastructure as code will save their bacon. Um, so yeah, all right, well
0: we congratulate Adam. I'm sure he's yeah, going yeah, to yeah. Bacon. And I would say this like now in 90 days if he takes over as like the general manager of Oracle Cloud at Oracle, we'll be like. Liar, we're gonna call him out. So, uh, yeah. so, I'm just saying, if that goes down, if it's like 90 days from now, he's like, Yeah, I'm t- I've am decided to take over as the general manager of Oracle Cloud. I talked to Larry Ellison, and I'll be like, You lied to us, but uh, I doubt that. I don't foresee that happening.
1: I don't either, yeah. But
0: uh, you know, it's interesting, like his announcement, I thought was kind of interesting because you know, we there was a we spent a lot of time on the last episode, which was a couple episodes now, talking about kind of all this licensing open source licensing and so it's it feels like a lot of people <laughs> over the break you know fired up the old medium and had something to say there was quite a bit yeah. of uh uh talk about this so i guess a couple things articles that i thought were interesting like one was um this article it was kind of the the non compete uh software movement and i guess that was written that, that, uh, by yeah, was Adam, Adam. right yeah. and so um, I guess in his uh, new role as a board member like I thought he did it's definitely a good read it's also you know pretty short which is which I like you know I'm, I'm always
1: appreciated I always appreciate it uh but these, you know these hundred tabs aren't going to close themselves yeah
0: right? it's like yeah yeah um because there's some longer stuff we'll talk about that too but and I thought he did a really good job um kind of outlining and using what I would just call like very simple words to explain what was going on right and I think 'Cause I think you got in a little bit of a, a Twitter fight there with um the name escapes me at the moment, but somebody was sort of saying, like, hey, okay, you know, you really um uh, I guess it's I don't know how to say it's Salil, Soleil yeah. Ponde. Um, you know, kinda of saying, hey, you know, that you know, he really is arguing the merits of kind of like, you know, these dual licensing. And I think what came in that summarized article is is Adam kinda of, kinda of said it's like, listen, you know, there are two sides to this, right? But I think what he is advocating for is like be really open and specific about what you're doing. So if you're starting a yep. project and that you plan to make money by probably building a, a hosted service of that project and you don't want anyone else to do it, then kind of say that succinctly. And, and he turned this, I like it, the non-compete software movement. So it's kind of saying right. it's like, hey, if you're going to be involved in this project, you cannot make money. By hosting it, and um, and I think you know the problem is <laughs> we talked about last time. Like people keep naming these things, kind of like opposite of what they what you like. The community yeah, license yeah. is not in the community. A, actually, it's, it's like
1: it's, open source license washing. Right? Yeah.
0: Uh, so, but I thought like he kind of you know in his in, in that short article he kind of says you know he kind of walks through his thinking is like kind of going from the point of view of like this is total evil thinking and completely wrong to no this is a this is a point of view that I don't agree with but I acknowledge yeah, and I just try it. Yeah. yeah. And also, and he's just really saying he's like, and for be- people to more uh, understand it, just be more specific. Right. And, and, and I think he also talks about like, uh, you know, people participate in open source for all kinds of reasons. Like I don't necessarily believe. And I think this is a point that he makes that just because you make it this non-compete doesn't mean no one will work on it. Right. There may be other reasons people work yeah. on it. You may be able to build a community, um, but it's just being very specific uh, with what you want. So I thought it was a good article. I don't know. I mean, so uh, did he yeah. say, while he was saying goodbye, did he expand on that <laughs> at
1: <laughs> all at the company keynote? No, no. He, 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 he did. Uh, uh, he thanked, you know, or legal because uh, she, uh, she helped uh, with some of the formulation of the the uh, .org that he's got and then the, the short book he wrote. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, he said, you know, rather than, you know, go off and write another software project or something, he, you know, wanted to make sure he had his thoughts around this. Uh, and that's, you know, that's where it came from is, is, you know, there's a lot of, you know, open source consternation going on and, you know, he wanted to have a, a well thought out position on it. So, uh, that's, that's what he's up to. And, uh, you know, he'll, uh, come back into the chef community refreshed and, and, uh, and active
0: and ready to go yeah and so there's another article kind of like related to it It as uh as optimizing impact and and I guess it was by the one of the founders or creators of Envoy so and his article was really good about like you know and he basically says why will not start an Envoy platform company I don't know Matt what what did that one say
1: well that, that was actually from from June of 2017 when when uh Envoy had just been kind of open sourced and people were like oh this is cool you know it's this you know joint project between uh Uh, Google is, you know, I don't, I don't remember who all it was. He was at Lyft, I guess. And, and he like, you know, he said, I'm not going to start a business because, um, I don't want to, I don't want to stop anyone from adopting this project. And I'm not ready to, uh, you know, kind of put in, put in the guards of making a business, uh, you know, a feasible business around this. I don't know what a business use case for, I I don't know how to make a, a business around this. Uh, so I'm not going to, you know, go get VC and, and try to monetize this. I'm going to nurture it. I've got a day job that lets me nurture it, uh, you know, and, and I think that's, that's one of the things I've seen uh, a couple of people, you know, say over Twitter is like, same project, different company, right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, if, if, you don't, if you don't control the upstream, it's kind of hard to really have a, a lockdown open source commercial company around a single project. So maybe he could have pulled it off. But he's just like I want this to be healthy, uh, and and obviously uh, Envoy's you know uh, done pretty well yeah. as, as as you know as far as adoption, and I'm sure you know he's probably you know Silicon Valley well paid developer and you know he's probably not hurting. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I mean I think we you know we talk on the show all the time about product market fit, but I think there's sort of something different you know like project market fit, right? It's like, and I think he does a good job kind of outlining that you know here are the business models that uh, people kind of make money using open source and he kind of yeah. calls out and says like really the most obvious way to is to start an open source project but then build a SaaS based business on it right and he and he kind of says in there he's like I don't believe Envoy is really fits that like you can maybe do it but it's really probably better you know suited if you will as a piece of infrastructure inside something else. Uh, and I think that was a very smart way to think about it. It's like, Hey, I can actually build this platform. I can work on the technology problems. I can make it open source to, to your point. I'm sure he's doing, you know, good enough, uh, and, in solving those challenges. And, you know, and now I think he kind of said like, you know, I don't feel like this has a, I, and that's for him speaking personally. It's like, he didn't see a huge business case to build it out. So, um, I don't know. I just think, I don't think people think enough about that. So that's why I really <laughs> thought this was, was really well written
1: yeah and, and 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 prescient really i mean because it's you know it was the articles 18 months ago yeah
0: yeah and it seems it seems you're right in some ways it
1: seems even and, more. and, and here it. we are like you know downstream from from that that article of you know, people are like well because uh i think i had dropped it into the the slack channel backlog um they're the open the open source one of the open source groups uh OSI the ones who get to like decide what's open source and what's not but because they own the open the trademark on open source they post minutes of like you know this month in licenses and you know they took apart you know there there have been a couple of attempts to, to try to push in like you know the uh like the Mongo license and you know the community clause things and, and they keep getting rejected but it's you know they show them and and there was like a, a an interesting exchange in there like well if you didn't think that you know stallman and uh and moglin could you know sort this out when they were trying to do the GPL, why do you think you know you could slap something together in a week all right so uh it's just funny because you know there's the, i mean that's deep open source nerd license snark, but i mean uh, you know, so I, I think that maybe we can put it in the show notes or something. Yeah, no, that. we should definitely do it. And I, yeah. I, I
0: think one other thing we should recommend reading, you know, uh, is, uh, Steve O'Grady, right? Stephen O'Grady over at Red Oh Red. yeah. He, yeah. He wrote uh, a long piece. Uh, it's the cyclical theory of officers. So, you know, as uh, I commented, Adam short and sweet, but like, listen, you know, O'Grady brings like what I think like the New Yorker kind of like. It's like, you're going to set like, oh, you're like, this could be like an economist type read. Like when yeah. it's going to be good. You need to settle in, though. You need to, like, go to the bathroom, get something to drink, and then launch into this piece. So it's very good. It's very detailed. Um, and he kind of walks through kind of, like, lots of, you know, kind of look, looking at it from as he does very well often, right, kind of stepping back and looking at the different cycles that kind of come and go. So I think if somebody's really interested and you got a little little time, right, you got, like, you know, you really want to, like, procrastinate uh, on work, uh, get in there and uh, check this thing out. Because, you know, yeah, uh, he's he's thought, like— I don't know if he's like the foremost thinker, but you know, he's definitely up there. Right? He seems to have spent yeah. like well, a, at least a decade, maybe longer, thinking yeah. about this.
1: I mean, and and you know it, that that that's his day job, right? And so you know he can take the time to sit and and ruminate on it, and then drop you know, like you said, a, a New Yorker piece on us. Um, so so it's definitely a good read. Um, that you know that browser tab stayed open for a, a while until I could commit myself to you know you the full undivided attention. You know, give give, give, give me my five. Five-paragraph medium articles, please.
0: That's right. That's what I to say. Steve O'Grady not getting a job at Axios anytime soon. He's not, he, he will not be getting the Axios enterprise software gig.
1: He just needed to call it, you know, top five reasons your license is BS. Yeah, that's
0: you not the O'Grady. The <laughs> O'Grady is not that. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, so,
1: yeah. Okay, so that's a lot of the
0: news here. And then we had a few other quick hits. I mean, I guess we should we should give a quick shout-out to our, our old friend, Mr. Mark Hinkle. He yeah. And yeah, yeah. has started oh, another company. Trigger mesh, and yep. they, they talk about being, I mean, for, uh, on the front edge. They have not only adopted K-native, as I understand it, but they are actually using the K-native, I guess, the functions, the methods to, like, actually tri- trigger stuff on GitLab, right? So you can kind of, uh, if you will, I don't know, it becomes like I think even kind of painted a picture of, like, this event-based, uh, I don't know, whatever, platform going forward, right? So if you yeah. will, like, you know, you can write a, you can write a function to do anything. Once uh, you've kind of like checked it into GitLab, so I don't know. It's there was a pretty good uh, interview with those guys on uh, some some friends of the You're pod, right? right? Yeah. Uh, the pod, uh, not sorry, Cloudcast guys did a good interview with both. Oh of yeah, them. yeah, so you, that was good. Too. So you should check that out. And uh, I know Mesh It seems like it's got you know at least a little momentum, right? We'll see. Well, you know, we'll it seems see like happens. it'll be
1: gone in six months as an acquisition. I know. <laughs> it's like, do we just
0: call Hinkle now and be like, friends and family, baby, like we want some stock. Like it yeah, feels, yeah. it has that feel. I think we should call that one now. The, you know, we don't really do any predictions because it's like it seems kind of pointless. But it does feel like uh, 2018, the year that Trigger Mesh has started and sold. So I think that would be, uh, yeah,
1: a, a good outcome. The- yeah, it's it, it probably has a, a short half life with a, a glorious <laughs> exit. So you know, congratulations. Hinkle, yeah.
0: That's right with Hinkle and Bob, things happen. So I think uh that's good. And then there was some a couple other quick hits. Uh you know, there the results were in, there's a state of uh Kubernetes uh report. I guess the yep. one thing that because uh, you know, I, as we talked about in uh KubeCon, right? The kind of the message out of KubeCon was like it's mainstream everyone's using and i think maybe maybe i expressed some skepticism there uh but you know that report they do have some data right you know it's it's you know like all like all uh, surveys you can kind of make them say what you want but uh, they definitely had um uh, some some uh some large companies who say they're using it in production. So I was like, that was interesting to me. Uh, I think maybe it was a little bit overstated, but uh, no doubt Kubernetes is is. Uh... So if you need something for your slide deck that says Kubernetes is, is here, that was a good thing to to get numbers out of.
1: Yeah, and 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 surprisingly, their conclusions you know aligned well with the products they offered.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just amazing. It was just amazing yeah. that that happened. So yeah, you know, but but
1: now. Now they're in the VMware umbrella, so uh, we'll we'll see how we'll that see continues. Happens. And then, uh, you know, I
0: think you dug this up. I don't know if we even talked about it. We should give out the the number. So, Hiptio got acquired by VMware sometime last year. I remember us talking about it, but uh, the official number, I guess somebody dug through the S1 or whatever, uh, the article said it was $550 million. So, it was 10 times their VC funding, which probably means it was like uh, a quadrillion times their earnings, their actual uh, money. So... Uh, sounds like they did extremely well. So if you yeah. have the wherewithal, seems like a good time to start a, a Kubernetes company or call Mark Hinkle and see if he will hire you. Those are, <laughs> those are your two options.
1: Well, you, you just need to figure out what's missing from you know the the ecosystem that hasn't been you know started up yet, and uh, don't take a B round. It makes it too hard don't to get B, acquired. That's right. There you go. That's right. That's,
0: <laughs> don't take a B round. That would be a good yeah. advice. And then I think one other thing that happened that uh, is Dell. Dell is now back on the New York Stock Exchange. So I don't know. Does that mean Cote's rich again? We just never really understand. Maybe that's why he's he's left us. He's like he's on a private jet now just flying around with all this IPO money. Uh, so I don't know what to make of it. It just seemed like uh, I just kind of term it like a like, not just a financial transaction, but it, it really did feel like, oh, we're just going to like move some money around here. It's like it seems good, but it it didn't seem like all that, you know, Um, game changing to like the industry in general. It seems like Dell will continue to do what it's going to do. It's going to pay down its debt. It'll still be a good company. It'll continue to like, you know, be the umbrella brand for all of the things that it owns now. So I don't know. I mean, should we, should we say more about the Dell stuff?
1: I got nothing. Uh, you know, f- financial shenanigans and wizardry, and Dell is public again, and That's and right. and probably you know billions of dollars of debt just vanished somewhere.
0: Yeah, so we should just say good for, them. <laughs> good for that. Good for them. It's always good to like pay off your debts, right?
1: Like, yes. Good for that. Congrats. We're, yeah. yeah. Way uh, to go. All
0: right. Well, before we get out of here, a couple things we should talk about. Like, uh, you know, well, it looks like Kote is going to be all over the place, so you you can read, but he he's going to make it. Uh, in theory, to the United States a couple of times. So uh, I think in January he's going to be in Charlotte. There's even talk that will be in Austin. Maybe we'll like get together, have to do a little happy hour. Uh, and then there's going to be in uh, various European cities that I'm afraid to pronounce the names. I, I just I just don't know how to say that one. So look yep. at the show notes. You'll know if uh, you're the kind of person that will be there. And, Matt, we got some, uh, some good feedback over the break. Yep. Rich from uh, Stafford, Virginia, he wrote us a great iTunes review, so I sent him a great T-shirt, which uh, he got. He's, of course, enjoying it. And then if you want a free T-shirt, uh, you can just write a quick iTunes review, send me a quick note at stickers at uh, and I can send you a gray or black shirt that is either large or extra large. That's all I can send you. Uh, and you have to Sorry, be in the ladies. United States. This is like this is like uh, you know this is the long uh, promotion at the end where it's like and conditions apply. Those are all the conditions. Yes, so the conditions. that's good. And then we got like uh, a fun thing. You know, like uh, I of course my son, as I have mentioned already earlier, uh, I told him this the other day. Is our our uh, avid listener. Uh, Justin Garrison. He works at Disney and he works on, uh, Oh, it's not Disney. I think it's like Disney streaming, but anyway, he let me know on Twitter that he worked on Ralph breaks the internet. I guess his team and the technology. And if you go in the credits, uh, I think they're under core services. He is in the credits. So I told my son, I was like, one of the listeners helped make Ralph uh, breaks the internet. And he thought it was cool. And he even said, he's like, Hey dad, you should tell, you should tell. Like we're, we're, uh, out with some family he's like you should tell everybody you're one of the listeners Nick Ralph. and i was like because i thought it was pretty cool because oftentimes we have lots of listeners and it's like insurance and stuff like this but it's uh super fun so like i'll actually leave the tweet in there if you want to see it but he's also hiring a bunch of people so it looks like that would be a fun place to work yeah. like disney right like work on movies i mean it's pretty easy to understand what you do so i like it man check it out there you go. Uh, um it's happy but of course, if uh, if this podcast is not enough, you can also join us in Slack. Uh, we thank uh, uh, No SSH JJ for setting it up. So just go in there; you can uh, automatically register yourself, and you can get in here. And you can uh, Slack channels is always it's been very active lately. All kinds of good stuff. And if uh, that's not good enough for you, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Somewhere we have a Facebook page. If you deep down, you can probably find that uh, and, and check us out. And I did a couple interviews over the break. Some, uh, some we actually have played in here. Uh, but if you want to hear more interviews, go to software Defined interviews podcast and you can listen to me, me interview a bunch of people. Coach has got some interviews in there. Um, so check those things out. All right, Matt, with all that said, you got a recommendation for us this week. Uh,
1: not, not, not exactly a new recommendation. Um, (laughs) I, couldn't remember if i'd seen the movie tombstone so on my my flight over i'm i'm still i'm still in the uh the red dead redemption um playthrough re- replay through and you know that makes you want to watch westerns and so i was like i need to rewatch tombstone which came out I don't know, a long time ago um but uh, they on the the dvd extras which are conveniently on youtube um they've got the making of it which was pretty good so like, uh do. movie holds up still still a good movie and uh, there's some really good stuff in the extras, so uh, check that out.
0: All right. The Tombstone. So, what, so yes. Yeah, Would you like to yeah, guess yeah. What, year, what year this was uh, oh, made geez. in? <laughs> Take a guess. Oh. 95. 93.
1: 1993.
0: Uh, oh, wow. It, is, yeah. uh, it stars a very young-looking Kurt Russell. Yeah, by, yeah. Al- uh, Kilmer. Sam Elliott. You know, Sam Elliott does not age. He is been no. the same age for at least 35 years. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I've not, I, I cannot say I've seen that lately, but a good movie, and I, I yeah, enjoyed it definitely. back in the time. Um, well, my recommendation is going to be the the Dream Podcast. So, it's, uh, it's, it was on a bunch of best of lists, so maybe you guys have checked it out, but it's a, it's, a, it's definitely something you can listen to anytime. I think there's like eight or ten episodes, so if you're looking for something kind of meaty, you should definitely jump into it. So, what it's about is it's uh the dream in this case kind of refers to this idea of like people starting or getting involved in like uh, either pyramid schemes, if you want to be like condescending about it or like kind of negative, or they call it like multi-level marketing. And it does a great job kind of like outlining both like kind of the psychology that is used to like draw people in to these different programs, like why someone would, and um, and kind of, and then it also kind of talks about the repercussions that many of the people that get involved actually end up losing a lot of money uh, involved. But it actually goes back and, and talks about a lot of the history. Like there was a time where pyramid streams were heavily regulated or multi-level marketing was heavily regulated um but uh that kind of changed with uh the introduction of amway amway and as we going back 30 40 50 years uh was started by this guy this uh, uh DeVos founder right like the, and so the reason this is interesting and in then he heavily lobbied to kind of create rules that made it um made it easy to like to not be if you will uh um, labeled a pyramid scheme. And of course, like, and then that actually has a bunch of political implications that they followed up through times so and now actually Betsy DeVos is actually holds a cabinet position. So it's kind of interesting because like it ties lots of things together, right? Like you see, and then kind of this ongoing idea of that, you know, if you get big enough, um, you can kind of like, you know, write the regulations that favor you and really entrench you. And I thought that's like, you know, we talk a lot about that in technology, but you kind of go back in time and like, see, uh, like listening to this was like, wow, it's like, oh, this is uh, this has happened before this will happen again. So I thought it was a very entertaining podcast. So you should, should definitely check that out. All right. With that, we appreciate everyone listening. We hope you guys had a great break. We're back. We hope you're, you're back at work doing a great job and we will be back publishing episodes all year long and rumor has it Michael Cote may return next week (laughs) may return. All right. Uh, But until then we'll talk to you next time. Bye.